The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. Glory to you, O Lord. John the Baptist said to his disciples, He who comes from above is above all others. He who is born of the earth is earthly himself and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven bears witness to the things he has seen and heard, even if his testimony is not accepted. Though all who do accept his testimony are attesting to the truthfulness of God, since he whom God has sent speaks God's own words. God gives him the spirit without reserve. The father loves the son and has entrusted everything to him. Anyone who believes in the son has eternal life. But anyone who refuses to believe in the son will never see life. The anger of God stays on him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please be seated. So look, um, I think one thing that we as a church do really badly is we domesticate the Gospel. Do you know what I mean by that? The Gospel is like this powerful, scandalous message. It's upsetting, really. Otherwise, why are all of our early Christians martyrs? You know, they were killed for this message. So there's a kind of horrendous message we have to give the world, and it's upsetting. It, it, it sort of jars the, the conscience in a way. You think, no, that's, that's too extravagant, too extreme. It's kind of upsetting the whole order of things. But we make these claims nonetheless, and that's why I say Easter is a scandal, because at the climax of the Easter story, the impossible happens. Actually, the story begins with impossibility. Can a virgin bear a child? No. If you want to have a child, you have to somehow procreate that child. Um, but Jesus just turns up in the womb of Mary, right? That's Christmas. That's one half of the, the big Easter miracle, the big Christian miracle. And then the other certainty that once you die, you're dead. That's one thing we're very sure of. Jesus turns that on its head as well. He emerges from the grave. These are the two big claims of Christianity. And um, I challenge us to accept that these are historical claims. These are things that the apostles here witnessed and they were telling the world about. And they've continued to tell the world until now you here in 2023, in April, in Gladstone, are hearing about it. It's a scandalous message. And it's something that we really wouldn't have come up with on our own. Listen to this here. It says, this is in the middle of the early church's mission, right? Um, those who were close to Jesus were bursting out on the public scene. They're preaching to Jews who knew the scriptures well, but they didn't really realize it pointed to this Jesus person. And they're preaching to non-Jews, Greeks and Romans and uh, whatever else. And they're saying, this man Jesus, who you may have heard of, who you may have seen, died, rose, and now we have eternal life in him. And listen to this. The Sanhedrin say, we gave you, this is the missionaries, right? We gave you formal warning not to preach in this name. And what have you done? You've filled Jerusalem with the teaching. Like you couldn't have spread it more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you've, you've just been relentless in telling everyone what Jesus has done and, and what it means to die and rise in him. If this were not a scandalous teaching, they wouldn't have cared. They would have said, go ahead, tell everyone. It's the same as every other message we've heard. We're all called to be good. We're all sort of meant to be nice. God loves us. And um, actually, that's not a universal belief that God would love us. But, um, but they teach that. So it's a scandal, right? What is 
the belief in short. <clears throat> Can anyone venture a guess? Like, what is Christianity about? And keep in mind, it's got to be scandalous, otherwise, no one cares. You guys are year 10, yeah? Okay, so you've done religion for a little bit. Give me something. Give me, start the ball rolling. What's, what's Christianity in a nutshell? Yeah. Yeah, good, a belief. But belief in itself isn't scandalous. So what's, what's unique about Christianity? Yeah. Sure. Impossibility for the sake of impossibility. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. That's good. Um, God's given us this thing called reason. So um, this is kind of funny, but if you look in the catechism, you've heard the word sin, right? You've heard what sin is? <laughs> I hope so. Um, Sin, actually, the Catechism says, is an act against right reason. So our faith shouldn't contradict reason. We're meant to be reasonable people. We're meant to sort of navigate the world sensibly. But you're right, God does impossible things in our midst. Virgin birth, rising from the dead, and then a whole lot of other things that are less extravagant, but are still God intervening. Yeah, God kind of stepping in the middle and doing something active. Do you know what the early apostles were preaching that, that was so revolutionary? Think about the story that we know. You've just had Good Friday. We've just had Easter. What were they saying that the people couldn't accept? And, and when they did accept it, it changed their whole way of life. Literal resurrection. Literal resurrection. Um, is it scandalous for me to say, look, we've all got a soul and one day that soul will be fine? Is that scandalous? It's not, is it? There's nothing threatening about that. But if I say... No, not just your soul, but your body too is grafted into the life of Jesus. And therefore, whatever he has undergone, you're going to have to undergo. I know we're young, but one day we're going to have to navigate nearing our death and then death itself. Like, like all of us are going to have a grave somewhere. The bold claim of Christianity is that not just your soul, right? Not just your heart, not just your, your beautiful spirit, all of that. Not just that but your body will rise. That is to say, all of who you are. Literally nothing will be wasted because God actually loves all of you. Uh, in the ancient world, they were tempted to think that the soul was really important and the body's a kind of prison, you know? And if you can escape your body, good. Get out of there quick, you know? Um, but Christianity actually loves the body. That's why we honor the body. That's why, if you've ever been to one of our funeral rituals, we have these beautiful ways of honouring the body of the deceased. After this Mass, I'm going to go and visit um, someone who's, who are viewing the body of their deceased mum. You know? And um, is it silly for them to gather around this dead body? No. Jesus loves that body, and he will raise it in himself. These are bold claims. How can they make these claims? Well, they saw him. <laughs> They saw the risen Jesus uh, in their midst. If you read um, you know, chapter 20 onward of John's Gospel, look at the encounters. They're completely not spiritual kind of encounters. They're not hallucinations. They see him and they think he's a ghost and he says, give me some of that fish. And he eats the fish in their presence. Like a ghost can't eat stuff. And there's many other things he does. The reality of Christianity is scandalous. Therefore, I'd invite us in this Easter season Please fight every temptation to domesticate the gospel. To say, oh yeah, you know, it's just about something that's not very, not very challenging.
No, it's super challenging. And it's super beautiful. It's good news for you, for your family, for your friends, and for the world.